did it now with my new show feeling good is talking about stuff that's very personal to me in my life that was traumatic for me talking about it in the show and yes it's still funny but there's moments where you choose not to make it funny because the thing is if you disguise everything in some things don't hit home as hard if you put it in a joke in this episode i'm talking to south african comedian skulk the side note hi skulk how are you i'm fine in you maka thanks but it's lovely to to meet you here on zoom yeah uh, where where are you based in south africa in joburg oh okay yeah so yeah and you do uh you're an actor and you do stand up uh you're a comedian yeah. um yes yeah so tell me uh when did you start realizing you're a comedian um i guess when i started getting paid for it then i realized okay well i'm a comedian really <laughs> <laughs> yes because i mean I, i i guess until you start getting paid for it then you're not really a comedian are you you are someone who does stand up comedy as a hobby yeah. um but once you once you start generating an income from it you realize okay um i can put it on my cv as a or 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 you know like when you have to apply for a visa you have to say occupation yeah so, so i can, can actually give... now list it as an occupation yes <laughs> you can give yourself a title <laughs> yes but but i ask i ask artists always how they they um you know what fascinated them say for instance for a musician a certain yes, instrument no, um, so but what what was it yeah yes no um I was just joking but the the I, I would just say I, I don't know I've, I've always had a I don't know where it comes from um I guess my parents have like a cool sense of humor but it was more um just in school I I just really enjoyed uh, I was never sort of the most sporty young boy um I loved performing always and within performing i mean because obviously some actors love performing but comedy is not necessarily their thing but i always just enjoyed making people laugh um i'm sorry peter it's actually very talk boring it's um not some grand um nice. one day i was walking and i saw a clown and i thought oh you know like no i know um, no but it's yeah but but you know what some people uh, tell me these stories and it's just it's very basic it was just oh i heard this here or i saw this here and now i'm this person you know and and it's always but interesting I, mean, i guess it, it has it has to do with obviously talent and where your yeah left brain right brain all all that kind of stuff because i mean someone who's good with numbers didn't have something that interested them in their life with numbers it's just that their brain is just wired that way that they are good with numbers and eventually over time you develop more and more of a passion for it um and for me that was comedy i i really enjoyed making people laugh i always I felt like a connection to it. I would watch comedy movies, especially Jim Carrey was 
or still is my absolute hero, um, watch his movies and you think to yourself, oh, wow, I want to do that. Stand-up comedy actually didn't really feature in my life until much later, um, until I was a student because I, in Afrikaans culture, we didn't grow up with stand-up comedy. They, they, stand-up comedy as you know it as like Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. no bells and whistles. I'm talking just man and a mic. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't, we weren't exposed to that. That was, they, that wasn't on Kaiknet, you know? So, I mean, a lot of comedy movies and stuff, obviously when you go to the video shop, but I mean, I didn't really know what stand-up comedy was. I didn't really think I'd be good at it. My focus was always more um, the, the acting side of things. Um, but then in first year, I started doing stand-up comedy as just kind of a way to keep busy because, you know, first year of, of any degree really is more partying than it is studying. And I, I wanted to, I don't know, I, I wanted to fill my time with something more productive that I felt like it is still in the performance kind of um, world. And then you know, through doing it and getting better at it, you you kind of start realizing over time, like, okay, wow, this is where I'm gravitating towards. And if and now I'm um I would consider myself a comedian who also acts as opposed to an actor that also does comedy. Okay. But so you studied acting? Yes, yeah. Okay. And but this is what I find very interesting about stand-up uh, comedy is that it's not something you can really be taught. It's something you have to to sort of experience yourself or or teach yourself, and you get the feedback from the audience. Your it's this bouncing back from the audience. Then, yeah, you you you. Your school is the stage. That's yeah. where you learn. And and I mean, I've I've started realizing over time that um, if you take a joke, for example, you talking about it doesn't help. You know, because sometimes uh, backstage comedians will sit there and forever talk about, oh, I've got this idea for a joke. This is how you should set it up. This is how you should do the punchline. This is how you should structure this and structure that. And you can sit there and fucking talk for 10 hours about a joke and you're not going to know if it's funny until you go on stage and say the words out loud and are the people laughing? Yes, it works. Are they not laughing? No, it doesn't work. You know, I mean, sometimes we've you spend all this time talking about a joke, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. You go on stage and it doesn't work. And then it's like, oh, here, look at I could have saved myself hours of time so you know like when people talk to me about like i want to get into stand-up comedy and and whatever i'm like i actually i won't talk to you until you've done your first gig because that that's that's the thing that's going to tell you if you're good at it or not or if you should pursue it mm -hmm. we, we that it doesn't it doesn't help we sit here and we have a drink every now and once a week we have a coffee and you talk about oh i love stand-up comedy and i love watching it and i think i have a talent and i want to explore it it's like what's the point of talking about it what yeah what is the point um just do it 
<laughs> until you've gone on stage, that that is going to be the indication. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. just stop talking about it and just and do it. You know, and that's now if I have an idea for a joke, I get on stage as soon as possible and I go get it out. You know, even if it's unpolished, because you, there's no use in trying to polish something if if the concept if the idea doesn't work. You first have to go see is the idea for the joke funny? Okay, the joke is, um, you know, like I want to write about like rescue dogs. Like and now, you know, because I got a rescue dog. Now I just do a minute of material about my dog. Then if that gets a laugh, yes, then you can go explore it more and you go, yeah, I can add, yeah, I can do this. But I'm a big fan, you know, from doing stand-up comedy of just like going on stage, do it, stop talking about it. Then also you tend to overthink it. Eventually you yourself don't find it funny anymore and you just drop it. Um, but meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, there's actually potential there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also um, what I also thought about is that it's you know when you you when you're somewhere in in a social gathering and somebody tells a joke and it's funny everybody has been already uh, a bit hyped up in this environment but when you do stand up you are like you say you're standing there on stage you've got your mic and you are very much exposed and not. You know, there wasn't a, like a, a build-up so that everybody's got the same reference now. So um, yeah. do you find it very much like that you're exposed in a way when you stand there? Yeah, I mean, you, the thing that makes it so vulnerable is that you, you're not, it's a very personal thing. You're not hiding behind anything. So if yeah. the feedback is personal because it's not, it's not really, we don't find that joke funny. It's, we don't find you funny because you are the one telling the joke. It's, it's like, I don't find scold funny as opposed to, I don't find that specific joke funny. So it is a very tough, vulnerable thing because it's like very personal feedback. Um, if I can, if I can put it that way, um, you know, whereas like a singer, they can, you can say, oh, I don't like that song, but the person still has a good voice. Um, yeah. You know, they, they can sing. I can hear they can sing, but I don't like the song. Exactly. Whereas in stand-up, it's, it's like, you know, if, if, if the audience don't laugh, it's, it's, yeah. it's you. It's you that they're not laughing at, not necessarily just not the jokes. There's yeah. never a situation where a person is going to walk out of your show and go, Skulk is very funny, but I didn't find any of the jokes funny. It's a, yeah, the, the, yeah. the two are, are kind of intertwined. Um, that's true. Yeah, I haven't thought of yeah. that, but that's really true. But now in, in South Africa, it's got all these different cultures. And um, is do you find that, that it's difficult to, to get everybody to find what you're saying funny? Uh, is it or is it uh, are you specific, specifically focusing on that cultural uh humor no um you like especially when when i was starting out when you're doing club gigs mm -hmm. um obviously the audience no one sitting there is there for anyone specific because it's it's a lineup of five people so 
you know, they're just there for a night of comedy. And then you really have like, when I was starting out, like Parker's Comedy Club. I mean, it would always be, it was so diverse. It would be um, literally a complete representation of South Africa's races, cultures, religions. Um, but what I've learned over the years is you, you can't go, okay, now I'm going to do a joke that's going to make the Afrikaans people laugh. Now I'm going to do a joke that's going to make the Indian people laugh. Now I'm going to do a joke um, that's going to make the black people laugh. You can't, you, you can only do the comedy that you do and, um, you know, people will laugh and people don't need to have had your experience to find it funny. Like I always, some of, some of our country's best comedians, like if you take like David Cowell talks a lot about like growing up in the township. I didn't grow up in the township. That doesn't mean I don't find the jokes funny about him growing up in the township. I still find it hilarious, but I now like, for example, um, Mpo Pops has a joke about using the yellow pages for toilet paper. I've never used the yellow pages for toilet paper, but I know exactly what he's talking about. Talking yeah. about how you had to leave your house because the toilet was outside. My toilet growing up was not outside, but I'm not sitting there going, this is not funny. I've, I've never yeah. had to yeah. leave the house to go to the toilet. So we, you, 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 you put yourself there. I mean, how, how do you watch an American comedian and find that funny? You're not American, yeah. um, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, you talk about your experiences. I talk about like growing up uh, Afrikaans, you know, and, and a, a person who didn't grow up Afrikaans can still in a sense relate or they can at least go, oh, okay, I wasn't there. I didn't grow up like that, but I can imagine that growing up like that would have been like this and that. And that's the township thing again. It's like, um, I've never wiped my, myself with newspaper, but I can imagine when he says wiping yourself with newspaper feels like this and this, um, <laughs> it could feel like that, you know? So yeah. we can yeah. all laugh at each other's stuff. You know, we must get away from this thing of like, you know, cause people always ask me like, how do you make the people laugh if you're overseas? I'm like, yeah. well, you, you, you go there and you tell your story. Um, yeah. I, I've watched a French movie with subtitles. I've never been to France. I can still appreciate the movie, even though it's completely not to do anything with South Africa, you know, same with like South Africans. We, we don't have, that's, that's like saying in South Africa, we can only listen to like Kwaito and House because, you know, and like kind of traditional African music. We can't listen to country because country music is an American thing and we have no reference of America. So, you know, like you, yeah. so yeah. I always tell people, I go there and I tell my story, Yeah. you know. I've watched, and one of the shows that I've, laughed the hardest at in my life was a friend of mine, Ori Aljohn, who's an Icelandic comedian. His whole show in Edinburgh was talking about Iceland and growing up in Iceland. And it was so funny because you, you, he's telling his story. Mm. Anyone's story can be funny if you tell it in a funny way. You don't need a, you don't need a reference, you know. I've, 
and most of the stuff he was saying, I was like, I didn't know that about Iceland, but that's really interesting. I didn't know that was the population and this happens and then that happens, you know? So, um, but yeah, you, the more authentic you are, the more people would want to watch you because if you, you're going to spread yourself so thin if you go, okay, I'm going to try and please everyone. I'm not going to say anything to do with Afrikaans people because then I'm isolating anyone who's not Afrikaans. I'm not going to say anything to do with South Africa because um, that's going to isolate people on from South Africa. Eventually, your comedy is going to be so non-specific and vanilla that no one is... No one is going to find it interesting because you're talking about just like random cock. You just, okay, now you're going, okay, I'll talk about trees because everyone knows what a tree is. Who wants to watch that kind of comedy? It's like when you, you come, when I go to a comedy show, I want to know about that person because I come to learn about that person. So you have to talk about who you are, where you came from, who's your parents, who's your wife, who's your kids, what do you like, what do you not like? Um, people people want to come watch a, sh a comedy show, not only to laugh, but it's like afterwards you feel like, wow, I got to know that person. You go watch Jerry Seinfeld and he says, you know what I hate is people who order sparkling water in a restaurant. Now you've learned something about Jerry Seinfeld. You know that Jerry Seinfeld... These are the things he's irritated by. These are the things he likes. Um, he says, okay, I love, he talks about luxury cars. Okay, wow, he likes luxury cars. So yeah. I'm not only leaving with having laughed, I'm leaving with like, I've gotten to know Jerry Seinfeld. He's let me in. He's told me about his kids. I know about his kids. I know about his love life. I know about his wife. I know yeah. what, what he collects. I know his hobbies. So it's, it's so much more than just like, knock, knock, who's there? Just random jokes, you know? Sorry, I get very like, no, passionate no, no, when no, I'm but it's so interesting. It. But, but, um, but I'm also uh, thinking that, um, uh, you know, uh, comedians have a way of sometimes uh, mentioning things in, a, in, a, in, in humor, but it's always, it's, it's sometimes something that makes you also think. You know, it's it's said in in humor, but it's sometimes a topic that um, that makes people think. And uh, how how um, easy is it for you to to not cross the line? Where you know, it's it's sometimes you feel okay. Wait a minute, this is now getting a bit uh, too much. But but staying on that uh, humorous side uh, is that difficult to do? You know, when it's a topic, uh, uh, a difficult topic. Yeah, I mean, you don't always... Comedy has developed so much in the last few years, if you look at, like, people's Netflix specials and stuff, where I know it sounds weird, but comedy doesn't have to be funny anymore. Mm. Um, a comedy special can be just insightful. And it can still be comedy without it being laugh out loud, hilarious, you know? Yeah. Um, so you don't, you don't have to stay on that line. Um, as long if you can have, a, I, I, I try to do it now, or I did it now with my new show, Feeling Good, is 
talking about stuff that's very personal to me in my life that was traumatic for me, talking about it in the show. And yes, it's still funny, but there's moments where you choose not to make it funny. Because the thing is, if you disguise everything in, some things don't hit home as hard if you put it in a joke. Yeah. Um, if, if, I, if I say to you like, um, yeah, like Petra, like I want to, I want to talk to you about something serious and the whole time I'm disguising it in a joke, it doesn't feel to you so serious. But if I say like, okay, listen, and I tell it to you straight, then you realize, wow, this is serious, you know? So sometimes it's become like a sort of, um, a, a whole art comedy has just developed more as an art form where now comedians can decide how much do I want to involve comedy in this topic? Um, because the silence in the room makes, makes sometimes if you have a point to make drives your point home that much harder than putting it in a joke, um, putting it in a joke, people laugh, it doesn't necessarily really like eat home. Yeah. But if, if I really want to make a point, I, I will make a conscious, the comedian will make a conscious choice to go, I'm not, I'm not gonna um, now put it in a joke because I want you to hear this. Yeah. Same with, um, I think a big turning point was, you know, and some people love her, some people hate her, but like Anna Gatsby did a special where she sp spoke about um, you know, being sexually assaulted when she was young. And the audience at some stage feels so uncomfortable. Yeah. But the, the punchline is giving you relief of the, that uncomfortable feeling that you have. It's because if you give them a punchline, they go, oh, okay, yes, we can laugh a bit, you know, the atmosphere is lighter, whatever. And she says in the special, she says, I'm choosing not to give you the relief of a punchline right now because I need you, I want you to feel that feeling that you're feeling. And if I do a joke now, that's going to take you out of that feeling. Yeah. I'm going to keep you there. So now that adds a whole nother dimension or layer to comedy because now comedians realize, wow, you can actually take the audience somewhere to an emotional place and you can you you actually have the power to keep them there or take them out of there you can you can go okay i can see you feeling uncomfortable here's a joke ha 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 take yeah. it out of that uncomfortable space um or you can go no i'm gonna i'm gonna wait i'm gonna let you feel what you're feeling i'm gonna let it sink in and you can it's like cl clutch control, you know. You can decide how you how you wanna how you wanna play that, you know. Um, so I, I I have to learn actually to get more comfortable in the silences because I've I've realized from doing the show, feeling good, how how powerful a silence can be. Um, often for me, that's my favorite part of the show. Now, there where you take the comedy away for just two minutes and you just say. I was bullied in school. 
and it, I was called the Mofi, and it was very difficult for me. And you just let that fill the room. And you can just see the people there like, fuck, what is happening? Yeah. Shit. You know, he's letting us in. And some people aren't ready for that because they're like, no, 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 I don't want to be co confronted with these feelings. I don't want to, I didn't come here. I came here only to laugh, you know. But it's a very interesting place to take them because it's like, you, you, you're taking them somewhere that they really didn't expect to go in the evening. And, you know, sometimes the feedback after that is amazing. If people go, yo, you know, they got quite serious and it was actually really, you let us in, you, you let us in, you know? And that's what I'm talking about, which makes a comedy show for me so much more special of like, you didn't just come here and like, uh -huh, and then, you know, that, yeah. comedy can be very shallow in that in that regard, if it's just like a ah, joke about my dog, joke about my girlfriend, ooh, farting, blah, 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 very like kind of superficial. Yeah. And then there's another layer. If the comedian lets you in deeper, you know, it's like, wow, he opened up, you know. Anyway, uh, so, but I think, so I love kind of, yeah. you know. I think that is, that is what makes it so um important or uh, you know that that you touch these subjects where people uh because many people have been bullied and the moment you start doing that in in that environment you uh also i think this is why you yeah. you, if, you know get these these reactions you know that they that they feel these this feeling that you've said that you've said yeah and i mean it's it's up to you you find your style, you know, as you as you go along. It's up to every comedian. I mean, some comedians don't want to do that. Some comedians are like, I, I just want to show that's very lighthearted and very um, just fun and light, and that's what I want to do. And then other comedians you go like, you know, their shows are quite heavy and emotional. Um, you know, my show is very feeling good is is very it's actually very light-hearted and silly and then there's suddenly this very like heavy part in the, in the middle but i mean as you go along you figure out how you want to do it it's it's a style thing it's the same as like how some comedians are storytellers and other ones are are one-liners every comedian decides how they want to structure their their shows, you know, some comedians might not feel the need to have a deeper layer to their show, and and that's also fine, you know. That's a that's a choice, you know. Yeah. It's up to everyone to to decide how you wanna how you wanna do it, you yeah. know. But I've also followed you on Instagram. That's actually where I um, uh, saw you, um, and you do these you did over the lockdown time you did these videos and and uh, this morning i also saw your video um where you you just talk you just tell and you just talk about really you know what's going on and and what you're doing and um did you start doing that in during the lockdown time or have you yes, always done yes. that no no i I never really made videos on Instagram because I always would consider it that it would be 
it could be used as material for my shows. So I would go, if I think of something funny to say, I'm not going to just put it out on Instagram. Yeah. You know, because then people have heard it and then I can't use it in a show. So I would always kind of keep it to myself. Um, But with lockdown, things were happening so fast and a lot of things only were relevant for a very short amount of time. So I realized like if you make, this is the time to make videos of it because by the time I get on stage again, it's going to be cocked to now talk about, oh, remember when everyone was making banana bread and then the audience is going to sit there and go, what? That was six months ago. Yeah. You know? So um, I started making videos because I'm like, I'm thinking of content to say, but I, I, I can't wait for it. I can't yeah. wait till I get on stage again to talk about it. You know, that's stupid. So, you know, as, and I just kind of put it out um, as I went along and now ironically, you know, I, I, because of those videos, I gained a bigger following and now I have more people to <laughs> say things to on stage, you know, yeah. Thanks to lockdown. But you really, um, you know, I think you really spoke what people felt in the time, you know, all these things. Because, I mean, this was a global thing and and we all really went through the same, even though we were in different countries, but we went through the same type of thing, you know, with the masks and the the way of living and, and things that people do. So it was so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was just like, I very quickly realized, like literally a day or two into the lockdown, that I can still fulfill my, what I feel is my purpose without having to be on stage. You know, I think a lot of performers are like, oh shit, I'm in the house, I can't do my job. And because I can't be on stage. And I think, well, not just me, a lot of people had that realization. It's like, no, we we can still do our job. We can still make people laugh. It's just in a different format. It's not live. um, And you're not hearing the laughs immediately, like in a live show, but you can still bring laughter and joy and happiness to people in a different medium. And that's the thing that kept me going in the lockdown is that, I, I felt like I still had a purpose, you know, um, because I could get up every morning, do my video. You know, it gave me a reason to get up in the morning. And, you know, cause I'm like, I want to make people laugh today. So I'm going to get up, I'm going to make a video, put it out there. And, you know, and then I would read later in the afternoon, I'd read the comments of people going, aha in the comments and then I go okay well at least I am still a working comedian even though I'm not getting paid necessarily directly from making these videos I'm still working as a comedian in a time where I technically can't be working but now um you also do television yeah yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah. When when the opportunity comes along, you know, I still love acting. I studied it. It was my first love before I even knew what stand-up comedy was, like as a as a young boy. So I, 
yeah, when I get the opportunity to act, um, I definitely, I always grab it, you know, and because stand-up I can do anytime. And I mean, yeah. stand-up comedy, I'm not, I, I, I'm not dependent on like a producer or a director or anyone that is making the decision to put me in a thing. You know, I can now pick up the phone, call a theater, I, what dates do you have available in April or May? Mm. Book it, put the show on sale and go perform. You know, I'm, I'm stand-up comedy. You're very much in charge of your own. Even if I don't even go do a one-man show, I can see what club gigs are happening in the area. I can go tonight and I can go get on stage somewhere, you know, yeah. even if I'm doing just five minutes of comedy. But um, so comedy is something I can do all year round. I can, I can, mm do it as much as I want or as little as I want. Um, whereas with acting and stuff, it's a bit different. You can't phone Kaiknet and say, okay, I'll see you guys yeah. tomorrow. Put me in something, you know, it's yeah. kind of sometimes an opportunity <laughs> yeah, comes in. Yeah, yeah. You, it's kind of more of a waiting game. Um, oops, sorry. No, um, so, so yeah, so, but yeah. So I always, you know, I never want to um, lose that kind of acting side of things, you know, because yeah. I really love doing it, yeah. But you were also involved in a program, um, um, The Click. It's, yeah, dating, uh, it's, it's like a dating um, uh, program. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was just, I just graduated from university. They were looking for a host. Um, I auditioned. They, they knew that I did stand-up comedy and I auditioned and I got the role and all the, the, the job. And yeah, it's been like almost seven. I, I presented it for five seasons. Then I stopped it for a while. Now I'm presenting it again. Um, and it's kind of an ongoing thing. I, I love doing that as well. I love dating shows. I'm also the presenter of a new show that's coming on CakeNet starting this week, actually, Up My Aish. Um, I love dating shows. Like, I always watch The Bachelor and stuff like that. So I always yeah. love being part of stuff like that. And, um, yeah, actually, The Click was, was, was great because that was sort of my first... When I started stand-up comedy, you know, I was actually always performing in English because the you're performing on the club scene and, and that's in English. Um, but that was sort of my intro into the Afrikaans market because the, the click is in Afrikaans. It's an Afrikaans TV channel. And that's where I, I started getting really like exposure in the, in the Afrikaans market. You know, for the first five years, the if you can call it like the CakeNet market, didn't know who I was just because I... I didn't have exposure in that yeah. in that world, yeah. you know. But I, I, I always just want to do as much as possible and as wide as possible in terms of genre. I don't want to do just stand-up comedy. I want to do stand-up comedy. Um, like this weekend, I emceed a music festival, you know, which is kind of, you, you, you can't stand there and do jokes, you know. It's more like keeping the, the energy up and introducing the bands and whatever, which is something different, you know, and then, then it's now you're playing a role and now you're presenting, which is not the same as acting, but it's also not the same, exactly the same as stand-up comedy. Yeah. Um, and I want to do like serious movies, comedy movies, you know? So I, I always try and do as wide of a variety of stuff as I can. 
Um, obviously, comedy will always be my my main thing that I do and the thing I do the most. But it's also nice to surprise people. You know, I did a, a movie, Canary, which was a serious, serious movie. And, you know, and I love it when people come up to me and they go, it's not what we expected at all. Yeah. And you, you were not funny at all. You were serious. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, it was like, and the other day I played a role in, in a, in a African series called The Bell, where I played like a serial killer, you know, and people would say to me, yeah, that was, you scared me. And then I was like, yeah, well, good. You know, it's <laughs> nice to sometimes yeah, it, yeah, catch people but, off guard a bit, you know, and, and, yeah, and, and, then, and do the unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying, but what, what a talent you have to do that, you know, to, to be able to do this switch. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I don't always know if I pull it off, but I seem to so far, for the most part, pull it off. <laughs> but but um, the one thing I, I haven't nailed is singing. But I've made peace oh, okay. with the fact that I can't <laughs> sing. You can come to Vienna and do a a, a lovely concert, a singing <laughs> concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Maybe but, I must start a new genre of singing that is singing, but off the. Off key. Uh, awful, yeah, yeah. It'll be a new genre on its own. Yeah. yeah, you can start that. But how often do you come to Europe? Um, well, not for performing really. Um, I come I go to the UK often for shows. Uh, well, now lockdown, I haven't, but I'm going again in two weeks for, to London for two weeks, and then every August I do the Edinburgh Festival in, in Scotland. Okay. Um but from from this year, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the moment to hopefully do like one show in Amsterdam and so on. But um, it's kind of you know picking up where we left off in 2019 now yeah. with international shows and slowly but surely exploring different things. But Europe, I've only been to holiday, um, basically Amsterdam, Italy. Um, here and there, but um, yeah, I don't know Europe very well. But I've 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 been to Europe. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Love it. But um, Scott, now tell me, what is your wish for the future? Um, well, actually, I think just that we'll be talking about now. I'd like to eventually get to a point where I am based in South Africa, but touring worldwide, and I guess that's every comedian stream, but I'd love to be able to go do a week in London and then a week in Sydney, a week in Melbourne, a week in, uh, you know, and then to America and yeah, but uh, slowly but surely I'm getting there. I mean, it's wonderful to see the first time I was in London, uh, I was doing at the Leicester Square Theatre, a theatre that I think their capacity was 40 or 50 seats that that room the next time i went back i did a 100 seat theater now i'm doing 150 seat theater so every time it's, it's and, and every time it's a bit more nights and every time you get a bit more bit more bit more so yeah but it's a it's a slow process but i am patient <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, but yeah. I, I really hope for you because I think, you know, I love your sense of humor and I think you are very natural in, in the way you do it. And, uh, yeah, it would be great if you, if you could do that. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't explored opportunities in Vienna yet, but I'll look into it. I'll look into yeah, it. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> you've got a, you've got already a, um, a fan base. You'll be there, Pietra. You'll I'll be, be there, there, and, and I'm sure daughter. you'll be bring at yeah. least one friend or, or your daughter. <laughs> my so. daughter, yeah, my daughter is a big fan. Yeah, but um, Skalk, uh, also what I ask people is, can you do a shout out for a restaurant or a, a bar or a coffee shop in your area? Uh, yes, okay, let me, let me have a quick think. Um, I guess that two places that now come to mind, Craigle Park, uh, there's a place called Corner Cafe. Mm. Um, yeah, very nice. Actually, very Europe style. You kind of sit outside, sort of on the sidewalk and so on. Very nice. I don't think they necessarily need a shout out because they're always very busy, but they're wonderful. They're wonderful. And then um, there's a, a new wine bar that opened. And um, that's also something that we're not that used to in South Africa, like a bar that's dedicated to just wine. Um, but I love red wine. So it's called Mr. Pants. And it's in Craigle Park as well. Very, very teeny tiny sort of hole in the wall wine bar. But I love it. And it's also very European. You go in, get your wine from the counter, go. You, people are like, sometimes when you drive past there on a Friday afternoon, it's like people are peeling out <laughs> from the, you know, some people are sitting inside, people are outside just on the sidewalk, everyone with a glass of wine. So Mr. Pants is, is definitely a must if Mr. you haven't Pants. been there. But that's very much um, um, uh, Viennese, the Viennese way of doing it. They have very, yeah. they have these little wine bars and that same thing, you know, you see the people just some inside, some outside and um, yeah. yeah. So at least you'll have something uh, enjoyable to do after your show. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I, I, I just can see it here happening. Yes. <laughs> All coming to Vienna. Yeah, yeah. Me and the audience, aka the three of us, will will go <laughs> afterwards and have some wine. Yeah, that will be great. Yeah. Let's go. Um, have a lovely uh, afternoon. Thank and you, you're having a performance tonight or a show tonight. I, I yeah, I'm going to Porch tonight. Um, I don't know if there will be people, but I will be there performing <laughs> okay. to a room of whoever is there okay but it's gonna be like a, yeah <laughs> no too yeah. um bye 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 bye